Welcome to Calvary Servitude Community Church Podcast, where we walk by faith and not by sight. In this podcast, you will be empowered with the undiluted Word of God, be strengthened in wisdom and knowledge, and also grow in your walk with the Lord. And remember, there's always hope for you. Be blessed. Hallelujah. people that are here who have partnered with us who are part of this establishment and everyone else greetings in the name of our Lord amen hallelujah um, I just want to before we get into the word of God here and comment a little bit about the Friday Actually, when I moved out and was going home, I sang this song and said, I will never serve any other foreign gods with what I have seen here. I think the greater part of what was happening on Friday here, I became very emotional, I must say, very And I wept a little bit. I looked at all these people that were partaking, doing what they were doing and all that. Um, There was was joy. Uh, There was also some, something that I would not be able, maybe, also coming from the groaning issue. When I looked at these young men and women, I think it really touched me. Um, I looked at now at Lerado when he was here taking offering. You know, Lerato is one of our harvest year lockdown. <laughs> really, indeed, she's a lockdown harvest. And I, I've been, it's almost three years that she has been here. At one stage, I had to go back to Rustenburg for a while. Uh, I think it was the beginning of the end, and she came back. Now, I looked at all these things, I must say, as a father, as a founder of the establishment, uh, it's a saying, yes, it's one. I think Botswana would hear it and understand it. When you hear it from a negative side, how we would listen when they, it's something that pres, uh, describes monadi, and they would say, "Hunehule monadi, hunka husabola." 
and you would then look at Monate Lukubola or how do these things come together. But what is actually meant was the goodness of it was producing a certain aroma. Now the goodness of what I saw, there was a certain aroma that I could see and I could feel within the church at that time. Bakrasta, we thank God for all that. It is not our doings. We're raising these kids for the Lord, not for us. Cindy, we're raising you. I listened to you as well. And when you came in here, when did you come and all that? I see the greatness of the Lord here. I really, really see that. And may good help us that we produce this young and young men and women for our country. There's a lot that is needed for us as a country here. And I believe many of us that are going to come out of this group are going to be those leaders that we need in our country. I promise you. Now I want us to go to the word of God that we're dealing with. Hope that transcends the groaning Romans chapter 8. That is what we started some three, four weeks back. Now, Bakrasta, we close in this chapter. I don't know how many did go home and read the chapter and hear and understand it properly as well. Because I was only giving a guidance of what is in the chapter. When I was reading this morning again, going through it, I realized that to me, this is a monumental chapter. It is a monumental chapter. And we are at Romans 8, verse 31 to 39. I'm going to read, and it reads as follows. And please listen carefully what it says. Remember that in, in our studies, or one maybe should say in homiletics, the context of what we're studying is very important. Not saying a verse without what it is actually saying in that context. What was happening then? It's very important. Now the apostle writes, what then shall we say in response to these things? If one may say, what then shall we say to the revelation that we have received? He's actually saying, when we have heard the word of God, when we have received a revelation of the word of God, we need to respond. 
He is saying the word of God. It is not something that you put in a file and say, I want it to be saved. It is how you respond. That is why he is saying, what then shall we say in response to the things that we have read or that I have taught you? Now he says, if God to these things, if God is for us, who can be against us? He's saying no one can be successful to prevent the purpose of God in our lives. He is explicitly saying that. That how do we respond in the things that we have read? Into these things. Because there is no one who would successfully take us away from the purposes of God. Remember, he was talking about the purposes of God. So, there is nothing that shall remove or take you away from the purposes of God. The enemy might do anything that he would want to do. But for you to get out of the purposes of God, God, the apostle says through the word of God, nothing, nothing shall stand against us. The next verse, we'll come into all these things and explain them properly. The next verse 32, the apostle writes, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? 33, the apostle writes, who will bring any charge? Now it's a condemnation issue. You know, when you read through this, the easiest way of understanding it because it has a sort of a judicial flavor you you look at what is happening at the court and i think many of us have been to court or if you have not been to court you have seen movies where there is a court proceedings that goes on now here he puts or he gives us a setup of a court. And he says in a court where there is a judge, where there is a, there is a prosecutor, and where there is a, defendant, a, a defending team on the other side. He says, who will bring any charge against those whom has he chosen? You understand that? Those that he has chosen or those that he has elected. So even if I would want to, if I am not part of his purpose that I have been elected, I cannot claim that. We are the only ones who can claim because we are sure that we have been chosen, we are his elect. And based on that, there is no one who can bring a charge against us. He says, but whom, no, who will bring any charge to those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. 
Because God has justified you. Now God as a, the great judge or Christ as a great judge has justified you. God is saying you are not guilty. When we say a person you have been justified, we say you are not guilty of anything. So if God has justified you, who will say you are guilty? Who will make you to go with a guilty feeling for the things that you have done? 34, who then is for, for, for one who condemns? No one can condemn. Christ Jesus died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Now, if you look at this 34, 30, 31, 32, 33, up to 34, they actually saying there is no condemnation but rested to us. It brings back that. There is no condemnation. And verse 35 says, and from 35 to the last verse, it says there is no, while we do not have any condemnation, we will not be separated from God. Our security of being the children of God is guaranteed. Nothing would separate us from this security that we have. He says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardships or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, verse 36, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conqueror through Christ who loved us. In all these things that we go as the elect of God, as the elect. And then he comes up with the dimensions that can separate us. You know, things that you can think of, different dimensions that are there. And he says, no, all these things, no, not verse 38, for I am convinced, convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, you know, it says death or life. Remember that there are people who are afraid of life. When a person takes his life away from him, he's actually afraid of life. So there are people, and that is the reason why the apostle is saying that, that neither life, neither death, would separate me. He brings in these dimensions of fears that we have, that people live under the fear of life. But how about people? And they're afraid of it. Some fear death. They're afraid of it. Now he says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, the celestial things that we don't see here. 
And he says, neither the present nor future nor any other powers. Remember that this is also prophetic. The word of God is prophetic. So if our God is sovereign, he knows the present, the, he knows the past, the present, and the future. So because he knows all of them, he says even the things that are going to come in the future, they will not have to separate you from the love of God. Neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in the creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. He says even creation would not separate us. What happened to Adam? Adam gave in to the things of the creation and creation made Adam to lose what God wanted it to be. God wanted Adam to be in his image, man to be in his image, to portray the image of God. But what about the creation took Adam down. Now we are part of the generation of the elect who are in the purposes of God to bring back the image of God. That is why he talks about us being transformed into the image of Christ. Neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Now the message, understanding of it. These issues, what are the issues that I have indicated? It is not actually the issues that are coming as he rides at the end, but it is the issues that he has talked about that should not separate us. The issues of condemnation that we are not condemned. If you look at the chapter, we are not condemned by Christe. Verse 1 of chapter 8. And the provision of the Holy Spirit... We have the Holy Spirit that has been provided to us, that leads us, that makes us to understand the issues of God. This very same Holy Spirit groans on our behalf, intercedes on our behalf to God, putting things in line with the, with the, with the, with the word of God. He's talking about that. He's talking about Chapter 8, verse 28 to 30, the previous one, the sovereignty of God to our salvation. The sovereignty of Christ to God to our salvation. Now the Apostle Paul is saying, these things that I have spoken about, we need to explore the implications of that. What is the implications of us knowing the sovereignty of God? What is the implication of that? So as a child of God, when you know that doctrine, you need to say, what is the implication of me knowing the sovereignty of God? And also, while we are there, I have indicated this. Any revelation requires man's response. If you receive a revelation and you do not respond to it, it is like you have not had anything. 
And that is where sometimes, Barnabamrena, we get lost. We receive so much of revelation of anything. And then if you ask, and then that Munate comes in, you, Munate, you, 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 you know, or how? What, what, what was actually happening? <laughs> do, do you have that revelation? And that you need to do something. It has to leave the revelation of God must go above Munadi. And look at what the apostle is saying. He does not say, what shall we say? He says, what shall we say? So that, shall we say something? No. But what shall we say? To what? To the revelation that we have. To about how do we respond to the teachings, to the sovereignty of God? Because no one, when you know and understand the sovereignty of God, would be successful to prevent the purpose of God in your life. That I must emphasize, Bakreste. I hope you hear me very well. There is no one, you hear me? There is no one who would prevent the purposes of God in your life. Go and ask David, what happened to David? What happened when he was followed by Saul? But the purposes of God, David, remember, at that time, was anointed. There were things that came to frustrate that purpose, but David became the king of Israel. So nothing would frustrate. It would, yes, have some frustration somewhere on the way. But remember, from where we are standing as the children of God, we know what happened to Joseph. We know what happened to Israel, to Jacob. What, we know what happened to Job. We know what happened to uh, 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 Jonah. You remember the story of Jonah? Jonah wanted to do things according to his own way. He did not want to go to Nineveh to fulfill the purposes of God. What happened? He bought a fish to go somewhere. And the fishermen inside the fish, when they took him out. Did they do the wrong thing? Yes, but the purposes of God was going to be fulfilled. When he woke up, he was in Nineveh. So whether you go to Nineveh of your life in a ship, in an aeroplane, you will go to Nineveh. It doesn't matter what takes you to Nineveh. But God will make sure that you arrive in Nineveh. Whether you use a plane, you use a ship, you use anything, you will arrive in Nineveh. Nothing will frustrate the purposes of God. So that is what the Apostle Paul is saying. That nothing can be successfully so. Take us away from the purposes of God. He says, if God, he's actually sees God is for us. God is on our side. Who can be against us? Now, God is on the side of us 
as his elect and because of his purpose. When there is no purpose of God, or when things do not happen for the purposes of God, but God will channel them, make them to work together for good. Remember, Bakreste, I said last week, if you would understand the sovereignty of God, the purposes of God, the fountainhead of all spiritual blessings you have or you understand God's plan in your life. Now, what does it mean here? It talks about the elect. It talks about you who are in Christ. It talks about us. It says us. Who are this us? Kibumang. It is us who belong to Christ. It is us who are in Christ. Now, how do we come to Christ by Christ? Yes, of Did you make any means to come to Christ? No. That's why when people sing a song that we, I also sang at some stage, that gabatla batla, hootli, hootli, gamufuman, jesofel. But Christe, there is no way, according to the scriptures, where we went out and batla batla. Christ looked for us. He foreknew us. He predestined us. He justified us. He is conforming us to the image of Christ. I had no saying in my salvation. I received it freely so. I was given by God according to his, according to his sovereignty. Now in all these things, in us, we know there is something that we spoke about last week about everything that happens to our good. And Bagreste, remember, good, it is interpreted according to the word of God. There are things that happens in our life, when you look at them, they are not good, but when you interpret them from the word of God, they are working together for good. So we should live out to interpret good according to, we saw uh, uh, Asaf last week. How Asaf interpreted the goodness of the Lord when he looked at the prosperity of other people. The things that he says God is good. The peace, he thought that was the only thing that when you say it is good. And he realized that the greater part of the goodness of God, it is when you are in his sanctuary. That is the greatest goodness of God. All these things, Bakreste, they are for a good of us as we are adopted as the sons of God. God is for us, Bakreste. God, it is for his purpose to be established. Now, Bakreste, and I submit, and I know sometimes, I was also a victim of that, of confessing things that are not actually in line with the word of God, 
When the Bible says God is for us, it is anything that is within his purpose. It does not mean anything that is undefined way according to my own desires. That is not in the purposes of God. There are things that I can want. Do you understand that? He claims that he did that. Now, the purposes of God, anything that is good, that it is within the purposes of God, God is for us. Was God for those uh, brothers of, 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 of uh, Jacob when they put him in a pit? God was not, it was an evil thing. It was the enemy. But what did God do? He used that as a leather to his throne. Now, anything that it is undefined according to the word of God, it is not according to his purpose. We live Look for the things that are in the purpose of God in your life. Anything undefined, it is not. There is no way in the Bible when God says he, he will deal or he will give us the desires of our hearts. He checks these desires of our hearts. Are they in line with the purpose? Because I can go and pray and look for the desires of my, but these desires may not be in line with the purpose. God is for us, Bakreste, in anything, and it will produce good in our lives. Now, these things, they are there to prepare us as well for the eternity. Remember that everything as we are here has actually been prepared from the eternity past. When you say to people that God has elected you or God has chosen you before the foundations of this earth, remember and understand that statement, what the Bible says about that. If it is before the foundation, if you are elected before the foundation, it means everything happened in the eternity past. Before God said, let there be light. Before God said, let there be start, let there be this. I was chosen according to the word of God. I was in him chosen. But what happened? After I was born, then the election came in. I was elected, but I was chosen then. The sovereignty of God. It is the prerogative of God, Bagreste, to define the good. It is not my prerogative to define what is good in my life. Yes, I can say this is good, but it is not my prerogative 
It is God's prerogative to define that. Now the Apostle Paul says, who can be against us? Now he does not say, we don't go through some adversaries. Believe you me, if you read the life of Paul, all these things, I don't know whether it was, uh, but somebody here and today spoke about, I think it's in about the experiences, that the experiences that you go through, they become also a way of trying to God to go to take you through so that you may teach other people. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he talks about all these things that are mentioned, it is actually what he went through as a person. And he knows he understands. And it, he is saying, in all these things, adversaries that I have gone through, I have realized that nobody can even accuse me of anything. And these things, all of them, they will not separate me from the love of God. He say, wherever you go, when the enemy is an opponent to you, God is a proponent to you. And that's exactly who God is for us. Now here is a verse that I call 32. The climax verse of this chapter is the climax, Bakriste. The climax of the chapter. He says, he who did not spare his own son. You know, when you read it, the Bible talks about the greater and the lesser. Greater part of the Old Testament, the greater and the lesser. Now it says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all of us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? If he could give these great gifts, how much more will he then withhold all things that he could give to us? Let's give an illustration here. And I, 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 I pray to God that you get my illustration. When, when you go to any uh, supermarket, uh, some would go to Woolworths, some would go to pick and pay, okay, check us, and you push your trolley there. Whatever that you put in the trolley, you are going to pay for it. <laughs> there is no way that you can push that trolley unless I have seen some people, uh, uh, maybe a couple going around the shops when they go around and push, put somebody putting in, and when that one is in front, somebody takes and put it back in the shelf and they go. But anything that you put in the trolley, you will pay for it. That is the grocery store. But when you go, to a restaurant, you ask for a menu, 
And when they bring the menu, the menu is categorized. Meat, and then they will give you either a steak of a pork, steak of a, or a chicken or something. And then normally they don't mention these other things that goes with it. You might even go to an extent after you are seated at the restaurant because you have ordered, after you have made an order, they bring you a garlic bread or something freely so, but you have ordered, you order the meat and all these other things are given with the meat. Now you need to be sent justified by Christ first and all these other things will come in, you will have. You need the justification of your meat. Now all things will follow. You understand that? There is where you have got to start. You are not, when you are with Christ, you are not at the grocery store. You are in a restaurant. It is you. You must buy the meat and you are the meat. You must go and die. And the meat will come with all these other things. They, sometimes they even give you a choice. What kind of a vegetables do you want? Yeah. Yeah. But the meat is an issue. Now here, he did not spare his own son. And he can freely give. But the sparing of the son needs you to order the meat. Now the climax of this, Bakreste, it is also found in Genesis chapter 22. In Genesis 22, we have a story of Abraham there. Abraham about to sacrifice Isaac. What happened there? We know the story was, God spoke to Abraham and said to him, he must sacrifice to him his only son. Abraham went with an entourage. And when they reached the bottom of the mountain, he said to the people, me and the lad will go up to worship the Lord and will come back. You know, that faith that Abraham had, that if God is for us, who will be against? He applied that faith and he went up on the mountain with the lad. When they were there, you know, I, I still can't understand in the human mind because Isaac was not a, a baby. Isaac was a man of almost 16 years at the time. But he allows Abraham to do whatever he wants to tie him and put him on the altar. And he goes, the faith of, 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 of this young man as well. Looking at all this situation, how far can we go in this kind of situations? Now here is the climax. Abraham said, you know, the book of Hebrews then explains 
that very well about Abraham. How he believed God that me and the lad will come back after we have worshipped. He knew that he was going to sacrifice the lad. But he believed that there is resurrection. God is going to resurrect him. And go back with him. But here is the climax. When Abraham was about to kill the lad, Isaac, then the angel calls, stops Abraham from doing that. And the angels acknowledges that Abraham did not spare his only son. And because of that, then there is a promise that comes with it. But here is a situation. God accompanies Christ to Golgotha, to Calvary the same way as Abraham accompanied Isaac. When they reach there, God says to Jesus, I am delivering you. And he gives him over. And he allows him to be crucified. There was no greater power than the power that Abraham had. When that power said to Abraham, I have seen your heart. So there was no one to say to God, I have seen your heart. God had to allow it to go. And Christ fell the absence of his father. And he cried, why hast thou forsaken me? He gave his only begotten son so that we may be saved. You know, people sometimes, they think of our worthiness, that we were worthing so much. Going to the cross, it is the worthiness of the love of God to us, not us being worthy to God. But it is more of how much does the love of God is worthy to us. Going to the cross, it is the source of the worthiness of the love of God to man. If he did not spare that, went to the cross and gave that, Bakreste, how much more will he give all these other things? But the question that we always have to have it is that these things, they have to be in line with his purpose. It has to be in line with the purposes of God. Look, I will tell you lies. And this is the word of God that says, whatever you ask in my name, it shall be given. But we need to understand what is it within what? Can I just ask anything that it is not in line 
and just receive it. You know, Muruti ka spend unali something basa bolela bar unali bo mafakudu. Muruti mudi muda bolela mafakudu. Ano fafela kudu fela without any looking at what he has to do. So mudi mu asa mafakudu basa load. And I think Baba bolela spend ba unkuabu. Muruti unkuakiri. Muruti asa mudi mu asa mafakudu. That we can just go and ask anything that is not in line with his purposes, and I think I will just get it. Now, the purposes of God are very important, my Christian. Am, am I in line with God? I These things are, are real. Now, Let's get to this verse that says now, for, now, now, now before I, 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 I close that verse, you know there are two things that God has given, freely so. When I imagined that, then I don't think God can say no to anything that is in line with his purpose. He gave his son, Bakreste, and to us, his elect, there is something that he has given that people do not have. It is the Holy Spirit. He has given us the Holy Spirit. I promise you. Now, if he has given us these two things, these are the greatest gifts ever that man will receive. Now, all these things... In Matthew 6, 33, all these things shall be added unto us. And should I cry because they did not give me a, a buttered bread? They have given me my meat, man. I don't have to cry for things that are an additional things. Because sometimes we, we live out the call. And you still want more that it's supposed to have been added. Look at this meat and eat the meat. That is where sometimes we miss it out. And you now, I now remember uh, uh, Solomon when he talks about the little Jacobs that eat the vineyard that, you know, destroys the vineyard. Small little things sometimes they can destroy you. And which are just the, uh, the additional things. They are not really issues. And they can destroy the vineyard. Now, there are things that he mentions here that are, whether they are things to come, the celestial things. Now, all these things, Makreste, they will not separate us from the love of God. You know, he portrays here a court of heaven. When he talks about us being justified by the judge who is Christ, you know, when you go to court or when you are at court, there is always a judge, 
There is a prosecutor. There is also a, 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 a defense team. The accused who sits on the other side. Now, because us, we have been justified, who is the judge? The judge is Christ. And the Christ said to me already, you are justified. There is no condemnation. So when I go to heaven, when Christ comes or when Christ looks at me, he cannot judge me because I am already justified. Even if the accuser can come and go and say, please look at him. You know, the accuser did go to God about uh, Job. And say, look at him. He only loves you because you are doing good things for you, for him. Because of the good things that we receive to God. We love God for who he is, his God. We don't love him because there is a provision that we receive. That is an over and above. You know, when my kids were growing there were things that I used to do for them. And when they come at a certain times and say, Papa, and then I would say to them, this is an over and above. So it has to be my discretion whether I give it or not. But thanks for letting me know that you want it. As the father, I have a discretion. Ask them. I said that several times. That as the father, I have a, is an over and above. But there are things that I've got to give you as my child. And I have given them that to you. Now the over and above, it is at the discretion of the father. It's at the discretion of the father. Whether we, we throw some tantrums to God and, and, and say these are the things, it is at the discretion of the Father. You know, sometimes earlier in my life, I, 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 I met some other people uh, uh, and they were saying to me, hey, Luna Bazaran, why? Do you say so? Say, Lela too much, man. Every time. When you pray, Lela, man, Lela. So it doesn't matter. He is our father. Even if we show those ten trumps, but things are at his discretion. It is at his discretion. Let's stand on our feet. We thank you, Dante, for the assurance of your salvation, Mudimwaruna. The sovereignty of your power, of your purpose over us, Dante. We acknowledge that you have not spared your son. We acknowledge Mudimwarona that you gave him over and above to us as a sacrifice. You gave us the Holy Spirit as well. How much more, Mudimwarona, will we hold things that are 
and additional things into our lives. We thank you, Mudimwarona, that we are justified by your word. You are the judge, Mudimwarona. And as you judge, we are not being condemned of anything because your purpose is in us. We thank you, Mudimwarona, for there is nothing that will separate us. The Apostle Paul is listing many things that are there, that are demonic, that are celestial, that are powers that are in this world. All of them, Mudimwarona, they will not separate us from you. We thank you, Mudimwarona, that in spite of all these things and adversaries that are surrounding us, we can still claim that we are more than conquerors. We are convinced, like the apostle as well, that there is nothing that will take us away from you. Be it death, the fear of death, the fear of life, be it anything, Jehovah, will not be in a position to separate us from your purposes. We pray that let your weight have a place in our heart so that we may see the fruits of it at the later stage of our lives in the preparation of life that is coming before us. Thank you, Mudimarona. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.